Welcome to the 20 Things Adoption Podcast with your host, adoption author Sherry Eldridge. Adoptive parents will find hope here, hope that strained relationships with their adopted children can heal. We've had weddings in our family and graduations, but I'm finally back and uh, very committed to reading this book to you that I thought would be published, but did not get bought. So this is all new material. And basically, just know it was written to adoptive moms. I'll try to say parents, but please know that when I say moms, it also includes the dads as well. Okay. We're going to talk about strained relationships today. And let me begin by just saying, can you imagine what it's like to be a young man or woman interested in serving our country in the Marines? When the individual goes into the recruitment office, he learns that he must go to boot camp and he must pass boot camp. And then he was ready to fight on the battlefield. Just for illustration's sake, let's pretend that he was sent out into the battlefield right away before becoming a seasoned warrior. Can you imagine how scary that would be and how unprepared he would feel? This may be difficult to believe in this day and age, but the same dynamics are happening in the world of adoption. Yes, they're happening there. Unsuspecting parents are being ushered into parenthood by many adoption professionals who don't have the fortitude to tell them the truth about what may occur when they parent a child from trauma. They don't tell them. I mean, you can just see the mindset. How could they possibly finalize the adoption if they tell the parents that the child may reject them? reject their love, not want to have anything to do with them, or to put it in a nice way, push them away. I'm confident that adoption practices won't improve in the near future. So mamas, let's do the preparation work together, okay? Let's make a list of questions you can ask the professional after you've done the hard work of your own individual boot camp I wish there was a book about boot camp for adoptive parents. Maybe I'll get to write that. I don't know. But I think that would be ideal. And um, because it's the way it is right now, we'll give you suggestions on how to make your own. If a mom is not prepared for this reality, that there's going to be strain, there's going to be stress, it's going to possibly be more difficult to relate to your adopted child than a bio child, then you may doubt yourself and wonder if you're doing a good job as a mom. Denise Walk notes, she says, and these are the 50 moms that I interviewed, so I'll be quoting them quite a bit in this podcast. Denise notes, no one said anything. For the first three years, I thought it was me and my inability to nurture and support them properly. So, The moms are furious. They're just furious that they weren't told. I can't imagine how furious she would be. Someone who was supposed to tell by professionals, the clergy, the organization, or the counselor chose that code of silence about how the mother-child relationship may become an unintentional relationship and be stressful in a way that is normal for that 
that type of relationship. Listen to the words of these moms as they share publicly right now. Cindy Koisterson, mom of six adopted children who are adopted at the ages of four days old, three, four, five, and 11, and 13, describes the strain. She said, I had no idea about the stress that could occur. Single mom Lauren Whiting says, 18 years ago, no one prepared me. I didn't even know to look for it. The non-intentional stressful relationship that surfaced blindsided me. Pam Mittenberger says, I didn't learn about the mom-child relationship until I was in the thick of it. Amy Briarwood says, no, no one told me or mentioned anything like it. Peggy Jordan says, no one ever made us aware of these things. I fully believed with all my heart and soul that my love could take care of any of the challenges that make. Jenny Mosher says, I don't recall learning about that relationship specifically. If I did, it was probably through Empowered to Connect, which is another whole program. Of course, my mom through adoption, Aretha, no one prepared her for this reality either. And, you know, after hearing from these moms, it seems like things haven't changed that much. And that's pretty sad, isn't it? So again, getting back to the proactive part that you moms can do and taking charge of making your own boot camp. Okay, so in order to do this, it's important to know the dynamics of what is called an unintentional relationship. Okay, there are four aspects to an unintentional relationship. There's unexpected, unforeseen, unintended, and unconscious. I'll say them again. Unexpected, unforeseen, unintended, and unconscious. So those are the four things that are going on. You know, our personalities, depending on our DNA and our circumstances, are fall into these categories. So I took these four words and used them in regard to my relationship with Retha, my adoptive mom. Just listen to my experience, and then at the end, you will have an opportunity to do this yourself. The advantage of doing this is to realize that, you know, the, the strainful relationship is no one's fault. It really isn't. It's not the child's fault. It's not your fault. Okay, so on my homecoming day, I wish I could have let Retha cuddle me. And if you could interview Retha today, I think she'd say that she wished she could have been confident and secure. Of course, one experience such as homecoming day trauma doesn't mean trauma will continue to reign forever. But that one experience planted a lie in Retha's heart and my heart. And lies remain until identified and purged. And so it's very important what happened to Retha and me. And so I used that one experience to identify our unintentional relationship. And so you can see what was going inside of my heart, going on inside of my heart. And as you listen to these four aspects, you'll see that there were even glimpses of love for Retha that I wasn't aware of that only surfaced two years ago when I found so much healing in my life. And so I realize now that there was love there. 
but I couldn't see it. I couldn't dig it out or anything, but I know now that it was there. Maybe that will be an encouragement to you moms. So one, let's take the unexpected part of my relationship with Retha. I didn't unexpected. Okay. The first word unexpected. I didn't expect Retha to be my mom. I was wired to expect Elizabeth, my first mom. The second aspect of the relationship, it was unforeseen. So I didn't know how hard it would be to live life through the eyes of trauma. And then unintended, I didn't intend to hurt Retha. And then unconscious, I didn't know the depth of connection I really felt with Retha. So Retha is long gone, but I'm going to tell you what I think she would have put for the four aspects. For number one, the unexpected. I didn't know that when I looked at Sherry's face that I'd think about the baby we lost to infertility. Unforeseen. No one told me my daughter would hate me and hurt me. Unintended, number three, I didn't mean to get angry at my daughter. And number four, unconscious, I'm not enough to meet the needs of my daughter. So those are the aspects of our unintentional relationship. You know, this is part of the boot camp thing. I think it's really important to to unpack this and really think about it, pray about it in depth, because it will definitely impact your relationship and your sense of hope and peace in the midst of it. Okay, let's go on next to how adopted kids may express stress. The relationship with your child depends on your child's level of trauma and the mother's ability to self-regulate in the midst of a crisis in order to provide nurturing. So the 50 moms were eager to show how stress shows up in their mother-child relationship. Number one, the child was triggered by the mom, and that broke her heart. This is Kristen Erickson. She says, it has been devastating to me to learn that my children can be triggered by my very being. I am their biggest reminder that someone else chose not to raise them. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Okay, you can see how this all ties in with the unintentionality. The second uh, way that the adoptee may express stress and strain and pain is running away. One mom said, I had no idea about the stress that could occur. The childhood and the teen years, while difficult with behavioral issues, were mostly good. I foolishly thought they'd last, but as adults, we have been rejected many times over. The first time was when one left home in the middle of the night and we didn't know where he was for several months. When we did connect with him, he made sure we knew that he hated us, hated his home, and didn't want us to find him. Since then, this pattern has happened many times over, and that is said by Cindy Kosterson. Another thing that you might experience from your child is that they are distant from you, that they just keep walls up. One mom says, after I adopted her, our mother-daughter relationship flourished until her high school years when behavioral issues intensified. That was the beginning of me feeling that our relationship 
was beginning to suffer and she was beginning to pull away. This is Laura Whiting. Another aspect of the strain is controlling behaviors from the children, from the adoptees. And one mom says children that have been through early life trauma are excellent controllers. Because I saw my job as a mother as one that was to help them learn how to handle situations, my control needed to be better than theirs. I was the teacher, so I got better at control than they were in specific situation. In turn, they would learn to control in a new way, and I would learn to respond and control them in a new way. This, quote, dance of control challenged the tenacity of our family, and that is quoted from Wendy Fitzgerald. Another thing that can happen is that the child may attack the character of the mom. One mom says, I have two girls who are 18 months apart. I had two who worked hard together to hurt me as best they could. They were purposeful even though they didn't know what they were doing. That's key right there. Moms, they didn't know what they were doing. We don't know. So going on, their own relationship was difficult. There was a lot of pain they to inflict directly, but mostly it was more passive aggressive. What came was more of an attack on who I am as a person, and that is Pam Mittenberger. Now, it would be easy for society and the uneducated to blame these behaviors, these hurtful behaviors, on bad character or adoption itself. We've already discussed in the opening letter my positive beliefs about adoption. I can't tell you how many times I've heard fellow adoptees say, I wonder if I have an unknown character defect from my unknown birth relatives. I want to just be here to give you this news, fellow adoptees. Bessel van der Kolk is an incredible author and therapist, and he wrote The Body Keeps the Score brain, mind, and body in the healing of trauma. He says, we know now that their behaviors are not the result of moral failings or signs of lack of willpower or bad character. They are caused by actual changes in the brain, by allowing the child's body to have experiences that deeply and viscerally contradict the helplessness, rage, or collapse from trauma. So. Doesn't this give both adoptees and moms incredible hope? Even though I was severely traumatized, I wonder if something inside of me would notice Reese's love, even so slightly. All I knew was abandonment, but something new can peek through the dark clouds. Could I not see the twinkle in her eyes? Could I not begin to feel safely physically? when she rubbed warm oil on my asthmatic chest. Through these acts, Retha was helping to rewire my traumatized brain. She didn't know, nor did I, until a few years ago, that a child's long-term memories are like a lost glove. Your child still owns them, but she can't use them. They're like the hard drive on your computer and have an actual physical presence in the brain. In the hippocampus, When a new long-term memory is being made, neurons make physical connections and synapses with each other, encoding the new information. So moms, 
Take heart. Your loving deeds are not lost. They're planted deep in your child's heart. So I'd like to talk about a new challenge about openness uh, between adoptive moms and kids. With all this new information about the brain, I can't help but think that it would be helpful to share insights from the moms with adopted children. What I'm proposing is a new openness. Couldn't you just tell us why we were doing certain things? I don't know. I know I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but I am an adopted person who had an adoptive mom. And I think it would have helped me, and I'll just speak for myself, Uh, my self-hate would have been averted. You know, we believe, like I read to you earlier, that, that we're losers, and that's why we act out the way we do. Your empathy in explaining what his brain is telling him would be so helpful. Like, you've been through a lot, sweetheart. You lost your first family, and your brain might be telling you that I'll do the same. That was then. And this is now, I will never leave you, and I will always love you. So self-hate would be averted. And secondly, the child may be open to creating a different outcome than trauma. You will be able to mirror empathy to your child. That's totally new to your child. And you might say something like this, because of the hard things that you have been through yourself, You need to reward yourself by taking good care of yourself. I wish Retha would have talked openly with me about my part in the strain. Why was I doing what I was doing? It would have helped me understand why I scratched love messages in their fine furniture and why I stole clothes from a neighbor's closet. These are all classics of attachment disorder. She could have said, sweetheart, I wonder if you scratched I love you, mommy, on my dresser because maybe you wanted me to know how much you love and miss your first mother. Or maybe you stole clothes from so-and-so's closet because deep down you believe you're thinking that your dad and I stole you. Those are just thoughts, just adoptee thoughts, but you might want to consider them. This challenge may be intimidating, and in order to do this effectively, you will need a deep comprehension of what's really going on in your child's mind and heart. Moms should examine how current-day struggles lead all the way back to the original loss. There's so much loss. There's so much grief that's buried deep in our hearts. Amy Snyder says, I remember one particular day when my daughter was 16 and very angry at me for asking her to put on a more modest shirt before going to a tennis class. She went ballistic and screamed, why does it always have to be about you? I sat speechless as she ran to her room. Her reaction was not in line, so I sent a quick prayer for wisdom and God graciously gave a swift answer. I calmly knocked on my daughter's door and asked if I could ask her something. I asked, is that something you want to yell at your birth mom and can't because she isn't here? My daughter collapsed on me in tears, and we got to cry together because of her pain. God used this moment that could have divided us divided us to help bond us. Isn't that beautiful? Of course, we all admire when we read about Amy's example here 
we admire her wisdom, but where did she get it? Did she get a master's degree in counseling? I don't think so. Another means of gaining accurate knowledge is from hearing the honest sharing of adult adoptees who are healthy. It's here that you can learn how to speak the heart language of your child. There will be ideas of how you might gain interest, entrance into that opportunity at the end of this chapter. So let me share something a little bit different with you about how you can get your child sharing with you, especially if they're in a critical situation, if the strain is just almost unbearable in the home. This is what I wanted to share with you. In 1999, when my book, 20 Things Adopted Kids Wish Their Adoptive Parents Knew, was published, an adoptive mom read it and decided to write her reactions on the margins of every page for her daughter, residing then in residential care. I didn't know this. Wish I would have. Or please forgive me for not knowing what to do here. Those are written all over the, the margins of the book. And her daughter was totally shut down when she sent it uh, with suicidal tendencies, with depression. And the professionals had tried everything they knew of to get her to open up, but nothing worked. However, when the daughter received and then read the book and the mom's comments, she opened up and began the healing journey. I ended up having the privilege of mentoring her when she got out of residential in conclusion, when I look back at my relationship with Retha, I know that she gifted me with a non-abandoning heart over the years by living by these goals. These are her goals, I believe. I will do everything possible to connect with my child. I will still love her even when she rejects me. I will love unconditionally knowing her experience. I will love her even if I am afraid. I will love her by telling her the truth about her backstory. I will love her. I will keep loving her, even though I receive no love in return. I will go to my grave knowing I've done my absolute best for her. That rare gift of a non-abandoning heart can be illustrated by the story about a forest ranger who was surveying the results of a forest fire in California. All the mighty redwoods were but an ash heap. And this man, this forest ranger, was kicking his way th through the ashes, and he came to a mysterious clump, which he kicked to the side. And immediately, little chicks, baby chicks, ran out from under the clump because it was their dead mama's body. What a mom she was. She refused to leave her offspring, even though fire raged around her. She accomplished her life's mission and legacy of gifting her babies with a non-abandoning heart. What a mom she was to those scurrying chicks, and what a my mom was to me. Thank you, Retha. I love you. What a mom you were and are. So, what can moms do? This might be part of your boot camp. Create an icebreaker book for your child. Remember, I just talked about the 20 things that Adopted Kids Wish book and how the mom wrote in the margins, her reaction, sent it to the daughter, and that was a breakthrough. You might want to try that. The second thing is paste a glove on your refrigerator. This will remind you that your child's long-term memories are stored permanently in his brain. 
and that they will surface when he is ready to do the hard work of getting free from his painful past. Number three, draw your own chart of the unintentional relationship. You will need two sets of columns, one for your child and one for you, and put down these four words, unexpected, unforeseen, unintended, unconscious. The fourth suggestion is to read adapting memoirs. This is very valuable. So let me give you some of my favorites. You Don't Look Adopted by Anne Heffron. Bonded at Birth by Gloria Owen. A Man and His Mother by Tim Green. And Twice Born, Memoirs of an Adopted Daughter by Betty Jean Lifton, one of the greats in the world of adoption. And then the fifth suggestion is write your own version of the non-abandoning heart, what you believe, what makes up your non-abandoning heart, and the fire that may be raging around you. Okay, let me just set it, give you a little encouragement here. The setting is that you're the mama eagle in the forest with her eaglets. Then the fire in the forest begins. What is the fire for you? How do you demonstrate your wings protecting your eaglet from the fire? What is the result of the fire for you and your eaglet? The strained relationship with Retha that seemed impossible to overcome was just that. Well, that's it, mamas. We've got our start in a boot camp here. Go to the library this summer. Get some good adoptee memoirs to write. Sketch out, get a big sketchbook and do the unintentional relationship aspects, four aspects. You've got a lot you can do to prepare. I suggest that parents do this before they adopt or they're going to get caught short. They're going to go inward and condemn themselves and think they're not adequate to meet the needs of their child. And that's a lie that you can't believe, mamas. you got to keep on, and I'm proud of you, and we'll connect once again in the next chapter. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 20 Things Adoption Podcast. If you can think of friends or family that would benefit from this information, feel free to share. See you next time.